Hi everyone, I'm Ryan Muhammad, she, her pronouns, and thank you for tuning in to the Becker's Healthcare Podcast Series. Today, I am pleased to be joined by Lori Dietrich, Chief Operating Officer of Recobini Associates Family Dentistry, and Jay Laywatt, Vice President of Dental Sunbits. For the past 10 years, Lori has worked in the dental field as an operations leader and consultant. She served as the Chief Operating Officer for Access Dental Services, a mid-sized DSO in California and Utah for six years. She then spent time consulting in the dental arena, working for private equity as well as independent large group owners, assisting with group growth strategy and operational platform development. For two years, she worked for a technology consultancy, performing due diligence on behalf of private equity clients, looking at DSO targets for purchase, and becoming a subject matter expert in teledentistry. Lori is now the COO for Riccobini Associates Family Dentistry, a DSO operating in North Carolina and Virginia for, with over 50 locations. Jay oversees the adoption of SumBits financial technology in the dental vertical, a core market for the company. With more than 20 years of experience in evangelizing disruptive technologies, Jay is uniquely suited to introduce patient financing technology to a market where patient case acceptance has traditionally been hammered by treatment costs. Jay is a dental patient finance subject matter expert who enables dental leaders to address traditional financing challenges, increasing case acceptance, and improving patient outcomes. Lori and Jay, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about, um, Lori, if we could begin with you, is how is current economic uncertainty affecting dental practices in DSOs? Yeah. So I would say there's a, a couple factors. People tend to be a little bit cautious with their discretionary spend, which unfortunately they see dentistry as discretionary um, as opposed to sort of necessary healthcare. And so there's there's a little bit more cautiousness right now. I would say a bigger impact on practices at the moment is just patient no-shows. And I think a lot of that's due to COVID, but but yeah, we have seen a little bit of a, an uptick in anxiety around finances. Thank you. And Jay, did you have anything else to add to that? Yeah, I think, um, I think there's a couple of things going on. One, um, like Lori said, you have, you know, post-COVID issues in terms of no-shows. I think you have obviously the inflationary environment that we're in, uh, which clearly hurts people and hurts people's pocketbooks. In addition to that, um, I think it's tough economic times for, for a lot of folks. We could, one can argue that we're in a recession or we may be soon to be in a recession. Um, and I think overall, if you, if you look at some studies that have uh, been, um, been commissioned by the Federal Reserve, Federal Reserve about 40% of Americans don't have $400 in their checking account. So um, it, it's a combination of folks may not have the cash that they would like to have in their pocket. That plus inflationary pressures when they go to um, a dental office and the average ticket might be 1000 or $1,200, there's usually issues in terms of affordability. So um, this kind of economic uncertainty that we're having right now kind of overshadows that. And it's tough for the average person to actually afford dentistry. So this is something that we, we currently see quite a bit in our uh, partner base and, and patient base. Absolutely. You definitely made some good points. And to further the conversation on the economy environment, 
Um, Jay, if I could go back to you and if you could tell us what tools are available to dental teams to help drive growth um, in this challenging economic environment, if you have any. Sure. Well, clearly, clearly from, from our perspective, you know, uh, being uh, on the dental side of, of Sunbit uh, in terms of patient financing, I mean, clearly we see uh, patient financing as a key element in not only driving the top line growth of, of uh, dental practices, whether they're individual practices, multi-unit groups, or DSOs, um, but this is something that can also drive patient uh, acceptance. Uh, so this is something that, you know, in, in this kind of inflationary environment, you have lots of costs going up, you know, whether it's lab costs, uh, whether it's employee costs. And so it's, it's really hard in this sort of inflationary environment to keep costs in line. So one thing you can do is try to increase the top line while at the same time generating more production for the offices. So we believe that patient financing is a key tool in the arsenal uh, for dental groups and DSOs to really hold the line on, on these inflationary pressures, but also get more folks to say yes to treatment. Absolutely, that is great advice. Lori, did you have anything else to add about that for tools? Yeah, I mean, we've implemented Sunbit just in this year, uh, in January of 2022, we started rolling it out. And um, we've actually utilized Sunbit to replace other financing tools, including in-house financing that we've used in the past. And um, it's just, it's really been a game changer for us. It took about two months to roll out across all 50 locations. And um, it just, it just creates such a better experience for both the patient and the staff member. Um, and again, we, we have been able to just provide a lot more dentistry than we could have had we not had Sunbit as a tool. That is great. Lori, when considering a potential patient financing partners, what are some key considerations for dental teams, if you have any? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, traditional financing has been prohibitive in the office because interest rates are high, credit checks are a, a hardship. Lots of times people don't um, qualify because the, the, the floor for the credit score is too high. And so, and then it becomes embarrassing for staff. So they don't want to do the, the application because they don't want to have to tell the patients that they're not eligible. It just becomes a whole thing that there's lots of barriers to, to, um, to offer the financing to the patient. It's also time consuming and there's not that much time in the office for that. So when we saw the Sunbit demo and we started to work with them, um, you know, we just sort of thought it's, too good to be true because it's just so fast and it's so easy and there isn't a hard credit check and the patients are often, most often um, approved. I think we have over a 90% approval rate um, within our organization. And so it just takes away that barrier of embarrassment and time and um, you know any kind of discomfort. So when we looked at Sunbit and working with them, um, you know, that was a huge factor for us, and we believed that it would be a game changer, and it really has been um, because the, you know, the, the staff is willing to, to really jump into it. Sunbit's also a great partner in terms of rewarding the staff for their efforts and um, kind of doing that behind the scenes, and that helps to keep people motivated and helps to, you know, 
keep keep the excitement going around being able to offer the additional dentistry to people that wouldn't otherwise be able to afford it. Yeah, that's amazing. That Sunba has clearly been, you know, instrumental. Um, Jay, did you have anything else to add about any key considerations for dental teams? Well, I think I think Lori hit it on the head um, in terms of the, you know, specific um, key considerations. I would say just kind of like on a broad level, um, you know, we have kind of a, a saying when we talk to a lot of groups like Lori's and others, whether they're you know, uh, smaller local or, or larger regional or, or national DSOs is we ask a very simple question. Are you currently happy with your current patient financing solution? And very rare, there will be hands raised. And the reason is because there just has been a real lack of innovation in the past 30 years. The same solution that was offered in 1990 is being offered today. Like you, you can't see it here but I have actually next to me a 1969 credit card application. And then right next to me, I have right next to that, I have a printout of an online application for, for a one, one of the largest players. And the amazing thing is that the first three questions are exactly the same, which is how much money do you make? What's your income? Are you single versus married? And do you rent versus own? The same questions that were asked 50 years ago are being asked today on these applications. So I think the question is, are you happy with your current solution? Um, what kind of approval levels are you getting? And generally, you know, we see others are in the 30 to 40% range, and it's really hard to run a business when, you know, seven out of 10 people get declined. And as Lori said, you know, the approval rates for some that are, are, are quite high in the 85 to 90% range. And I think the most important thing is, is your current solution fair and transparent to patients? Are there sky-high APRs? Are there origination fees or any kind of other extraneous fees that are absolutely terrible for the patient? Or do they do a kind of a hard credit check, which is also not great for the patient? So I think there's some basic questions that, that need to be asked. But I think the first thing is, is the solution that you're using today actually helping patients to say yes to treatment? And usually the answer is no, because the approval level and the process um, is, is pretty subpar. Thank you so much for sharing that information. That is really interesting. Lori, if, if I could go back to you for just a second, do you have any specific patient finance uh, financing success stories that you could share with our audience? And if not, do you have, um, how are you measuring success with uh, your third-party financing solutions? Yeah, we have a Teams chat specifically related to patient financing across the company. And so all of the um, treatment coordinators and office managers and several of us from the support center are on that chat. And it's great because usually once every other week or so, one of, the, one of those people will put a story onto the Teams chat about dentistry that they were just able to, um, you know, close because they were able to offer Sunbit and that oftentimes I don't have a particular story to share, but I know several times I've seen these come across the chat where the patient's in tears because they didn't think they were going to be able to afford it and they are so happy they're going to be able to get out of pain or that they're going to be able to fix something cosmetic and, you know, that they just were really grateful to have the opportunity to be able to complete the dentistry because of the ability to um, be eligible for Sunbit. So those are just really cool stories that, that come through across the, um, 
across the teams every week or so, every couple of weeks. Um, you know, we measure success. Actually, I am pretty good about tracking it as a percent of revenue so that I can see proportionately, because we have some offices that have, you know, one doctor four days a week, and we have other doctors that have seven doctors five days a week. So it's a huge range of um, revenues. And so we track Sunbit as a percentage of revenue to make sure that this the um, offices are engaging with it appropriately. And so, you know, my goal is for them to have about 4% of their total office revenue come from Sunbit. That's what we've kind of seen as the sweet spot right now. I'd love for in 2023 to bump that up a little bit, but um, you know, if an office is doing less than that, then we kind of work with them. We work with Sunbit to get additional training um, and to maybe do some kind of a fun incentive and, and get people um, and get people engaged. So we measure it that way. Um, and then again, you know, just measuring it on a gross revenue basis to be able to see the impact that it's had. Um, and when we look at the borrowers that we have across the company, whether they're subprime or prime borrowers, and we can see that with the number of subprime um, borrowers that we have, you know, that allows us to make an educated guess as to how much dentistry we would not have been able to provide. It's, it's really um, helps us to be able to drive our mission and to help our employees feel like they are contributing to that overall um, you know, well-being of the patient. So, so there's there's several ways that we measure it, but those would be some of the the top ones. That is really lovely. Thank you so much for sharing that, Jade. Did you have anything to share about any success stories or anything like that? Sure, absolutely. So, um, from time to time, and and I've been at Sunbit for from the beginning, um, and have started the dental practice a few years back. Um, and what's, what's gratifying to me is there have been occasions specifically where I've been to an office and someone, a patient has been offered Sunbit and, and I've witnessed what, what Lori has, has mentioned in terms of a patient crying because they have obviously pain in their mouth. Um, it's a critical need and their, their, their credit may not be great or, um, you know, they may have the money but they want more flexibility and paying something over 12 or 24, or 36 months. Because so I've seen patients, um, you know, have tears of joy. Um, I've been hugged before, which, which is very unusual. I mean, I, I've been, my career obviously spanned, you know, over 20 plus years. And I've never been a part of a company in which, you know, people actually hug you, like they're happy to see you. Um, and, and they're really uh, gratified by the by the product that you provide. And that's something that's really heartwarming for me. And, and, it, you know, from a personal perspective is, is, is moving. Um, I think overall, in, in terms of like measuring success, what we see a lot from, from groups, very similar to what Lori mentioned, you know, clearly there's, there's more production and there's a lot more incremental production. Cause again, some of it is not necessarily a solution for people that can't afford dentistry. Although there, there is a segment of the population that would like to get treatment, but, but do not have the money in their checking account. But it's also for people, particularly in these days, these inflationary days, which, you know, they may have $2,000 in, in the savings, but you know what, if they can have a, if they can find a solution in which they can pay fairly and transparently over 12 or 24 months, you know, a hundred bucks a month, they'd rather do that than, than pay the 2000 bucks just due to all the, the uncertainty. So we see, um, from the office perspective, we see a lot more production. We typically tend to see higher dollar tickets. So the, the case acceptance is higher. So if the 
uh, treatment plan is, you know, has four bullet items and it, it, um, it totals $5,000, you know, before Sunday, it's possible that maybe only a thousand or $1,500 would be knocked out of that, um, treatment plan now, uh, because it's an affordable, uh, and fair plan. It's, it's like more likely that the patient will knock off more treatments. So case acceptance is higher. And one, the one last thing, which to be honest, is it was a bit surprising to us that we didn't expect is that we see, um, is based on what our partners tell us, is a reduced amount of no-shows. Um, you know, you, you think about why doesn't someone show up for an appointment? I always thought this was, you know, three, four years ago that it's just simply because maybe you forgot, life happens, uh, busy times. But what our research and surveys have shown is that folks, a lot of folks don't show up. The number one reason people don't show up for dental appointments is because of the fear that they're going to have to pay a lot of money. And so we see with a lot of our partners, they tell us um, that no-shows have been reduced by anywhere from 10 to 25% because folks uh, are able to see what they qualify for even before they walk in the dent dental office. They get more comfortable and they're more confident uh, when they go in that their dental needs are gonna be taken care of. Absolutely. Thank you so much for saying that. I, I wholeheartedly agree um, with, you know, financing and that kind of being scary for people who want to get, you know, work done. Um, and this was, has been an amazing conversation. But before I, I uh, leave you both, is there any closing thoughts before we sign off from either one of you? I would just say I, I talked to a lot of other people in this in the industry and um, when they ask me about Sunbit, invariably the first question is the same one that we asked, which is, it just seems like it's too good to be true. Like, is it what they say it is? And and all I can say is it, it really has been. They've been great support, great training, great, you know, just, it's just been a really great experience for us. So, um, yeah, so if, if people are asking, sounds too good to be true, I would say, you know, generally I'm pretty skeptical about these types of transactions, but this one has really very pleasantly surprised me. Perfect. Thank you so much. Jay, do you have any closing thoughts before we sign off? Sure. I just wanted to thank Lori uh, for her time. Uh, she is a great partner of Sunbit, and we certainly appreciate it. If anyone has any questions regarding Sunbit and our patient financing solution, um, you can find us at sunbit.com backslash dental, or you can reach me uh, at jay at sunbit.com. Thank you very much, everyone, for, for your time today. Certainly appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thank you, Lori and Jay, again, for your time and a great discussion today. I, I really appreciate it. And I'd also like to thank Sunbit as well for sponsoring this episode. And you can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page. Uh, Lori and Jay, thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you.